Welcome to the verse. Why do I call myself a nigga, you ask me? I guess it's just the way shit has to be. Back when I was young, getting a job was murder. Fuck flipping burgers, cause I deserve a nine to five I could be proud of. That I could speak loud of, and to help a nigga get out of. Yo, the concrete playground. But most motherfuckers only want you to stay down. But I'm a smart motherfucker, you see. One of the best producers in the rap music industry. Getting paid like a motherfucker, a young brother. That don't give a fuck about another, yeah. Why do I call my Man, that's a really good question, right? <laughs> I don't know. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to The Verse. Hey, Leslie. Hi, Dare. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh... We are the Verse Podcast, and here we celebrate hip-hop music and culture through our unapologetic opinions and collectively curated playlists. And we're still here. We're pushing through, grinding, and doing this um, social distancing episode. Yep, <laughs> another, another social distancing recording. episode. Yes, uh, we are on video chat by courtesy of... Google Duo. Yay. Hey, we're not sponsored. Relax. <laughs> we are not sponsored. You're right. But I'm so glad they're here because they're definitely they have the only us. ones. They're Zoom. There's FaceTime. So I'm not giving them <laughs> any special True treatment. There's, there's Zoom, FaceTime, Skype, all of them. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, so until they cut a check. <laughs> video conferencing. Not courtesy of them. There you right? go. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, so... I know what we just heard, what we just just featured, the song we just featured was Niggas for Life by N.W.A. that came out on June 22nd, 1991. Yeah, and, and we chose that because uh, I'm reading a book for my class called Hitmakers by Derek Thompson. Very good book. It gives me like Malcolm Gladwell vibes, but for entertainment. Um, and in it, they mention how 91 was the first time that a hip hop song beat out pop music or any other genre for the number one spot on the billboard charts and um the hip-hop well, hip-hop album and the hip-hop album was niggas for life by nwa i i see how that could happen i completely see that uh i remember when this came out i had no idea how big the the record was of course because my parents were like dude you need to calm down trying to listen to this good parents and you, we 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 tried to keep you from this life that they talking about, yep. you know what I mean? Um but uh that they were talking about some very aggressive uh in your face provocative lyrics that were very uncensored and 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 that was uh, some some real life stuff, you know what I'm saying that they were doing like as far as like what you call social commentary, you know, or what is social commentary? Yeah, you just this say album so I don't like it as much as I did Straight Outta Compton. Um, for one, Ice Cube was on this album, so what is it really? Um, and then, um, Shots fired? Um. I, mean, I mean, hey. When, if Beyonce were to leave Destiny's Child, could they perform anymore? Right. No, they have to I hear you. Up. I hear you. Go but, ahead and finish your thought, though. I have, I have something to say on that one. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, but I mean, this album actually debuted number two and then made its way to number one. But this album's like heavier on the misogyny. Uh, Wikipedia says that, and I think that as well. I actually like could not listen to this album. I, we needed to play it because of the significance, but I personally could not do it. I'm like, I the, the way my self-esteem <laughs> is set up, I cannot listen to you talk about violence against women like this or just talking about women as disposable ob objects on pretty much every single song at length. And so I was like, this is the album that made it number one. I mean, I, I appreciated opening doors for other hip hop albums that I feel are much better that we will get to later in this conversation. But well but, said. <laughs> but yeah, this I understand. So I appreciate the impact, but the album itself, I'm good. Yeah, you know, I went through this uh, track listing last night and. Um, Look at me, like eleventh hour studying for the episode. Anyway, <laughs> <to> so, uh, <laughs> so I was, um, yeah, I was going through the track listing. Once you let me know that, like, you were like listening to it, but it was burning your ears a little bit, mm -hmm. not a little bit, no, just burning the fuck out of your ears. Right. So I was like, um, I was like, man, this, this, I can see how that can be because you know I listened to N.W. I listened to a lot of hip hop in the early '90s that was considered air quotes gangster rap. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, so. And, and I mean, half of the titles are like, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of like 
obvious yeah like i'm not gonna read them but i'm looking at them yeah we're not gonna we're not i I, i'm not you can anybody can read them we're not gonna like exactly i mean maybe we could just for context we could you know what i'm saying just for context yeah i'm not doing that you can you can read them you know anybody else can look at themselves i don't care for sure yeah, yeah so the the track listing i mean oh my god um i was shocked out about how much it was because I didn't even understand it. So, like, To Kill a Hooker, mm-hmm. One Less Bitch, like, I mean, she swallowed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like, just three of them. Right. That's three out of a track of eight. There's 18 tracks on this album. 18. Right. And so things have, have changed. And I think for the better, I mean, there's 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 some commentary there. That in Within that album, in just this song, though, that I don't see as much of that. I, I think it's in your face and provocative. And I think that it's probably some of Dr. Dre's best like flow, mm-hmm. to be honest, even the one that we featured here. Um, they, I think there's some, some conscious aspects into like what's happening in the streets or what, what happened to them, mm-hmm. you know, in the streets uh, as far as like, uh, you know, the, the racial bias and the racism from the police forces around the country. I'm still going to listen to Straight Outta Compton if I want to hear that. I'm not listening to Niggas for Life for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, I'm, I'm definitely on Not that. Not to say that Straight Outta Compton was misogyny free. It definitely had issues as no, well. But it wasn't, it wasn't like this. Yeah. And also, yeah, I agree with the fact that Ice Cube is the best lyricist that was on NWA. Yeah, like, there's sure. no doubt. The, the best rapper and lyricist that was on NWA. Yeah. No question. And I also researched, like, which album was, was um, charted to be number one, which was R.E.M., and um, it, it was the, night, the title of the album was was out of time, and I guess that's like grunge rock mm-hmm. or something during that time, which made sense. Um, and the album was like so basic and so predictable for that time. I I think that it just was just more like a a someone realizing the producers realizing like this can easily be can outbeat them because the same stuff had been push through that type of through that genre for too long there was yeah. no michael jackson dropping there was no you know uh prince albums there was no like you know what i mean there mm-hmm. was there wasn't much not to say that there wasn't much competition but the truth is like they deserve to be number one because that was just better yeah i mean what and was coming you out. think about the way marketing where it's like mark music marketers finally got in touch with the streets and saw it was really starting to bubble and decided to market yeah. it a bit more, and then that's how MWA became global superstars. And like I said, the album um, debuted at number two, and then made its way to number one. So it was already popular. Mm-hmm. But um, they were already looking for it. It already had been marketed, and 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 everyone was just waiting, already waiting for it. Clearly, because for it to debut so high, um, exactly. And I was in the book. They mentioned a study that was like legitimate, like journal peer-reviewed article in the Royal Society of Open Science uh, journal that said that the 1991 climb of hip-hop was the single most important event that shaped the structure of the American charts. So that's That huge. makes sense. That's big, though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there are a lot of albums released that year, obviously. Um, Nature of a Sister, Queen Latifah, Breaking Adams by Main Source, which I'm pretty sure had live barbecue, which, you know, Nas. Uh, Death Certificate, Ice Cube, so about him already. We Can't Be Stopped, The Ghetto Boys, as well as Scarface's debut um, album, Mr. Scarface is Back, came out that year as well. Uh, a Wolf's and Sheep Clothing by Black Sheep, A Future Without a Past. Black Sheep was, that was under underrated. I love I loved that. Well, that, they had that, that hit, This or That, mm-hmm. but that album was really good. It was, it was, but it, it just kind of came and went. It did. I mean, Black Sheep, they're, they're this fixture in hip hop that represents like a, a certain time period. And, and they and I remember this or that. I mean, it it took me. I love that song. That was my favorite song for a long time. Yeah. You know, it's a, um, it's a fun song. And I mean, it never dies. <laughs> it's still in commercial no. to this day. It is. It is. To this day. <laughs> but um, but so act like, you know, Miss MC Light. Wow. Like I didn't even think I'm trying to think back then because. I was, I was, I still remember back then. I know um, you probably don't remember much. From I remember my little sister but, coming into the world. Actually, I don't remember like that specifically, but that's the year uh-huh. she was brought into the world, and I was my reign as an only child ended. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so you were like almost three, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I was two. I wasn't even two yet, actually. Oh, two. Yeah. Oh, wow, man. Like, so yeah, you you were happy for a good like eighteen months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember '91 as um, a little personal note. My parents got divorced that year, mm-hmm. um, and so all of my supervision. Uh, was going out the window pretty much. And I was like nine or nine years old. I mean, so like, I, I turned nine. It's like lucky you and is the wrong terminology here, but as a kid, that's how I would feel. Kind of. I did. I did. And, you know, of course, as you grow up, you realize like somebody should have looked after my ass like straight up. But the truth <laughs> is, is that, you know, um, <laughs> I was I was exploring hip hop majorly in 1990 and 91. It was it was definitely a very pivotal year in 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 the culture and and lucky me that all these things happen, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and you can keep going down the list. I mean, there's so many more. Yeah, I mean, uh, Pete Rock and DL Smooth had all sold out. Naughty by Nature, that was, their debut album came out that year. Uh, mm-hmm. Cypress Hill also debut album dropped that year. Bag of Tricks by Houdini, which had Freaks on it. I love that song. Um, and then on the pop side, Home Base was the album by Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff that dropped that year. And that's the album that had Summertime on it, and that went platinum. Yes. I'm not sure yes. if it was the first album to go platinum, but it went platinum and got them a Grammy. So that was huge for the culture. And then Too Legit to Quit by MC Hammer also came out that year. And talk about making hip-hop commercial. We saw Hammer everywhere in the early 90s. I even have an old-school commercial. I don't even know if you can find it anymore, but... The too legit, you know, they had a whole hand thing going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if you maybe saw it when you were a young kid because it lasted for like at least three or four years. Um, uh, they had where they would go too legit or something like two and L. Oh yeah, yeah. And to quit, but they did know, like fast. Two L, two L, and the quit, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and they had a um, like I believe it was either a Coke or Pepsi or one of those uh, large companies at that time where they were making too much money. Um, they were uh, they did a Michael Jackson collaboration with that, mm-hmm. and they had Michael Jackson with his glove doing like too legit. People were like, "What? Michael Jackson's doing too legit?" And he had the the fancy glove, and it was too legit to quit. It was just crazy. By the way, Dari like, is doing the choreography, just the upper body part though. <laughs> he's not wearing hammer pants. He's and, not jumping like hammer, but he's definitely <laughs> signaling two and L with his fingers. I, I, that's what I was doing, and I'm not a fan of of, Ham, of MC Hammer. As a matter of fact, I didn't think it was that dope. Um, oh, neither, was, neither did Rick James. Rick James oh, hated what he did with Super Freak. I, I'm with Rick James. I would have went to MC Hammer's house if he wasn't such a gangster and would have put my feet, grinded my feet in his couch yeah, <laughs> like, but like then, he did with Eddie Murphy. But, but, then but MC Hammer was a gangster. He got so. the check. Oh, I and know. Rick yeah, James was like, was never amazing. mind. This song is doing what kind of numbers? I'm getting how much money from this? All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I mean, he, he, true. Man, Um, but yeah, MC Hammer, man, like he, he was, he hit the scene and was just straight pop out the gate. He yeah. didn't even, he didn't even have to be, you know, go through a, a process of being tasteful or, or like, uh, like any ridicule from any, you know, you know, public figures or news outlets or anything. Like, he just straight in. So. Yeah, but, you know, Too Legit to Quit was actually his fourth album. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, he That's had been right. out for a minute. Like, Hammer, Please Don't Hurt Him was his first album, or third album, but it was his second major studio album. And so he was already a star yeah, I mean, by the time Too Legit to Quit came out. Oh, he was real big. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was on like Saturday Night Live at that point. Yeah, he was. I, that's what I and, I and that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I wasn't even. I still wasn't a fan. They just kept pumping them to us every time. Like my brothers and cousins were like trying to do the dances and 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 wearing like the baggy pants and trying to like look a certain way and doing the haircuts and the glasses. And I was like, nah, I'm mm-hmm. not even with it, man. I'm not like leave that to to Michael Jackson. Like to me, it was like you know Michael Jackson had that. You know what right. he was doing. I felt like that. I felt like even though he was a good dancer and he had he he could perform. I've seen his performances mm-hmm. on not not live, but of course on video, and they're incredible. Yeah, the for dude sure. Could perform. Oh, absolutely. Talk about cardio. Yeah, that dude <laughs> stayed in shape, and they, then the pumps and the bumps. <laughs> right. I was trying not to <laughs> that do that because we just did that, and I was like, let me not do that again. 
but yes. Just because the music video. If the you music video was so bad. A few episodes, you will hear about my affinity for Pumps and a Bump. But moving on. Um, yeah. <laughs> another um, album that I'm sure you didn't listen to, but I enjoyed was mm-hmm. Cool at the Playground, you know? By another bad creation. Oh, ABC. Aisha. Aisha. Yeah. That was a jam, though. It was. I mean, I didn't they know had that was, I didn't, great producers. I didn't see that as hip hop, though. Go ahead. The producers were Mike Bivens and Dallas Austin and like Heavy D. How was that not hip hop? <laughs> Dallas Austin and Mike Bivens are more R&B than hip hop, in my opinion. Yeah, and, definitely. I can um, see that. But, but hip hop, you know... I, I thought they were great, first of all. I, I loved ABC. And they was rapping and singing. Exactly. So that's I why was I like, included them. Yeah. So th- that's cool. I get that. You know, you get credit for that And one. they were countered like to, uh, you know, Criss Cross. That's true. That's why Criss Cross, on, on the start of Jump, they said, don't try to compare us to, like, and then they whatever they said after that. But that was, like, a shot at another bad creation, which I thought was, like, really? You got little kids beefing? Yeah. Don't try to compare us. Hey, we some bad. <laughs> exactly. That, Go back and listen to was, Leslie's school days if you want to hear more about yes, Chris Cross. Because we did play that, and that jam was a that was a knocker. Like I didn't <laughs> jump was a knocker, still a knocker. Anyway, we went in on that. So. Yes, but um, but yeah, to, man, to, to so wash people. myself of niggas for life, we had to bring it back to a tribe called Quest. Yes, because in ninety one, so they released what may be one of the greatest albums of all time. Maybe. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's definitely the one top of five, the greatest albums least. of all time. Period. Um, Thank you. With like, that's always the big debate amongst like Tri fans, right? Are you a low end theory person or not? You know, do you like Midnight Marauders or Lauren Theory? For me, it's always been Lauren Theory, but I definitely understand the Midnight Marauders. Ooh, argument. Midnight Marauders is so powerful. But anyway, because, let's not and get into that. It's mostly because electric, electric Realization is on that album. Say it again. It's mostly because Electric Realization is on Midnight Marauders. That's like that's why I, I, feel I that's the. Exactly. And um, thank you, Wayne's Brothers, for really making that really, really Absolutely. Stick. For sure. <laughs> but that was in 93. In 91, Low End Theory came out. Um, name, yeah. a, name a bad song on this album. You can't. <laughs> I, you, you really, and it's really hard to choose one. I'm, and I like, um, uh, you know, the, so before we even get to the one that we chose that we're going to like feature, um, I like like listening or watching the performances, mm-hmm. you know, the way they change the songs. Because, you know, when they would go and perform a lot of these songs, you know, you would listen to them on the album and they'd be like, oh, this is chill and jazzy. But they go to the show and they turn it up. Absolutely. And I'm just like, yeah, I did not see that happening. So that's kind of what happened with Excursion. So, it's, you know, in which we're going to feature. Did you, um, so, um, did you see Questlove spin on Q-Tip's birthday? I did not. It was so good. Oh, he played. I he played. You two just nights. made me a little sad right now. <laughs> the first night was like <laughs> basically a tribe night, and then the second night was like more tribe with more Q-Tip solo joints mixed in, as well as songs that Q-Tip like had produced for other people or was like just featured on. Oh my gosh, the abstract. He's such an amazing musician. On this album, you also had. Bugging out, which terrified me when I was younger because the video I had like the eyes that were all big and oh, it was so creepy. Yes, that was, I mean, that, that that video was incredible. I thought it was dope. I mean, I always wanted to see like, because we used to see how people did that. Mm-hmm. Like they just put like the eye, they would close their eyes and put the little bugs on mm-hmm. over their eyelids. And I was, I was tripping because I thought they just put it over their eyes. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, what is what is going on? Like, how are they doing this? That you know, creepy. Um, Check the Rhyme is an amazing classic song we don't have to even get into. We Got the Jazz is one of, like, I was struggling between We Got the Jazz, Butter, and Excursions. We Got mm-hmm. the Jazz is one of those songs that, like, it's so, like, it's obviously jazzy and chill, but the beat, yeah. like, knocks. Like, the bass line is hard. It's it, way harder than I... You know, way harder than I thought it would, you know, would be like until I got speakers because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't able to like listen to it on like really good speakers for the longest time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then when I did, I was like, whoa, OK. I mean, actually. Um, uh, all the songs, they have so many layers. to Oh, them. for sure. They're it's so They're well arranged. produced. <laughs> Like, yes, not just like beats, these are full on arrangements. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and you can tell that they, you know, like went through it. I think in their documentary, they talked about how they would spend so much time arguing about what to put out. Yeah. Because Fife and Q-Tip and Ali, they would just like go around and round in circles. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just because Q-Tip has, he, he's one of those people, they say he's one of those people that is like a part of all of it. He can do a little bit oh, of yeah, for all sure. of it. And so that's really incredible, man. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, the infamous date rape is another one that has some good social commentary, and it's a really short song. That song is not even three minutes long, but a powerful mm -hmm. three minutes for sure. Um, of course, uh, scenarios on there. We talked about that song endless amount of times. Um, Butter is the one song that I love, but also have beef with. <laughs> Um, really? Yeah, I, really? I, I love that song. I think it's, again, it sounds amazing, and Fife is doing his thing for the most part. But towards the end, I was kind of like, mm -hmm. again, back to the whole male gaze thing. And like, oh, women okay. don't wear extensions simply to please men. Like, some women, that's a part of the reason why, but a lot of women, it's because it's just simply easier. <laughs> and like, not everything a woman is doing is to look good for you. So if you don't like it, then just like move on and choose somebody else instead of criticizing this woman for her choices. When when um you're talking about Fife's mm -hmm. Fife's at the um, end of butter. Yeah. Fife's, and, he, uh, and it's yeah. funny because he spends the whole first half of the song talking about like being rejected. And then at mm -hmm. the end when he talks about oh I'm hot, like basically the original back then they didn't want me, now I'm hot, they all on me. <laughs> and now that he's yeah, yeah, hot yeah. and he feels like, okay, now it's my turn to criticize women. And I was like, that's whack. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's back at the same time. I think it's it's authentic because I think people it doesn't it can cross over from more than just men and women. It can go from, you know, uh, being rejected from anything, you know, mm -hmm. and then having that uh, vengeance or not necessarily vengeance. Vengeance is a strong word, but contempt and spite kind of drive you mm -hmm. to be better, you know, and um, and then you end up being better. And uh, you you kind of like throw your success in people's faces, and a lot of things are said, and they're they're said in a way that's um, offensive, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and with it being art, I just really feel like you know if he's giving me exactly how he felt in that time, like just capturing that time, that's you know he, he can admit that it was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, he can admit now that, you know, hey, yeah, no. I mean, that's even though that's plastered in history forever, you know? Yeah, that's a reoccurring um, still just theme a, in pop culture, in culture period, is like mm -hmm. men dictating how women should behave and look. Yeah, and, and that's not, and that's the thing. And the, the issue is like, I, I, there's no way that anyone should dictate anybody mm -hmm. <laughs> in that regard, uh, yeah. you know, especially a whole group of people. Mm -hmm. You know, we know that by being by, you know, black folks being painted by a broad brush by everybody that's mm -hmm. not black half the time. Yeah. But, um, you know, um, especially, you know, especially now with with, with how, how diverse people are, like it, it, it's wrong. You know, at the same time, I kind of feel like he's coming from a place of like being rejected and like just saying, hey, look at me like I'm. I'm good and like, you know, and it just comes out offensive, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an apologist. So let me stop. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't take away from them how amazing this album is like at all, but that's just my right, personal right. opinion. And like I said, that's Taylor's all this time, but we ended up going so with So what excursion. was your favorite song? Hmm? What, what was your favorite song real fast on there? Oh, on here? Ooh. On, uh, on, jazz. On, oh, on, oh, we got the jazz. Okay. Check yeah. the rhyme was definitely mine for sure. Check yeah. I mean, by far. Yeah. Uh, Good choice. But go ahead. Like, there's no argument yeah, either yeah, way. No, there's no wrong choice. Like <laughs> there's said. no right, right. Exactly. There's no wrong answer to that question. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. But I chose excursions. Well, we chose excursions because mm -hmm. for me, that is one of the most prolific verses, opening verses I've ever heard. Uh, it just flows right. so dope. Um, I've mentioned this before in a previous episode that like I, I got to see them in concert and I saw Q-Tip like rapping along like he was rapping this verse and he's wearing a shirt with the lyrics on it so he's just like pointing at his shirt uh, rapping along um, oh, that's and so it's great. so true the way that Bobby Brown was just amping like Michael was just how Usher was amping like Michael like it's yeah, cycles thank you um, and yeah so I'm Pretty sure we have played the song in the past, or at least referenced it, but I don't care because it's incredible. It don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing it, and it's the only song here that's written solely. Actually, it's not true. That and verses from the abstract are the songs that are written purely by Q-Tip on this album. And what? There's only those three. Okay. 
Wow, I didn't even notice that either. Look at you. Man. <laughs> I love me some tribe, That's why man. I love me some tribe conquest. Yeah, me too. And I just, I feel like, man, I should have known that. <laughs> All right. But yeah, let's get to when I was a teenager, before I had status and before I had a pager, you could find the abstract. Listening to hip hop, my pops used to say it reminded him of bebop. I said, well, daddy, don't you know that things go in cycles? Way the Bobby Brown is just amping like Michael. It's all expected. Things are for the looking. If you got the money, quest is for the booking. Come on, everybody, let's get with the Still got room on the truckload of black gold. Listen to the rhyme to get a mental picture of this black man, black woman picture. Why do I say that? Cause I gotta speak the truth, man. Doing what we feel for the music is the proof. And planet on the ground, the act is so together. You know, you're right. Like, I don't even know if I can choose. But never, ever, ever Favorite song on there. That song never gets old. Even though it is, it is old. I mean, really old. <laughs> for yeah. a song. no it's not you know i guess yeah i know i mean the reason why we call it old i think it's in in ratio to how old hip hop is it's old yeah true because you know hip hop being like you know what you know 45 ish you know yeah so you're you're thinking like wow that's old for hip hop because it was it's you know almost 30 years old you yeah. know what i mean so that's incredible um, and that it's that good uh, and was that new at that time mm-hmm. to make something so good. So, yep. but yeah. But we come back to the West Coast now to talk about Detective Tutuola of Law and Order SVU. Yes. That, also known well, as Ice His name is what? I never watched SVU. I, I'm oh, surprised no. you remember something from TV because oh, yeah, no. you don't I'm even I'm a TV person. It. I like TV. I just don't watch it in excess, but I was a big SVU person for a long time. And uh, yeah, wow, he's been there since the beginning. The, uh, smart people love SVU. I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe because they got to pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah, like Monique likes it too. She's like, "Oh, I love SVU." I'm like, "Hmm, it's because you're Cause smart." Because it's kind of like because <laughs> they pull from the headlines for their stories, but you never really know where they're gonna take it. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, but yeah. Again, the um, irony of somebody who made a song called "Cop Killer" playing a cop for the majority of his career at this point. Majority of his acting. You're right. Yeah. Second that. Double down on that. He has played cops on so many things, and he he's the first one to do cop killer, cop uh-huh. killer. And then he made a uh, he was even into like heavy metal at some mm-hmm. point. The like, cop killer album you know? song was actually like on a, his his uh, heavy metal band's album. It wasn't a solo track. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but original gangsta was the album that came out in ninety one. Um, that was his yep. fourth studio album. So he had already was, been man, out here for a while too. That's interesting that. That Ice T, um, with his slow flow, you know, kind of monotone, you know, mm-hmm. um, he had a good voice though. He has a good voice, very good voice. Um, and I think that's the thing. And he also can enunciate really well, mm-hmm. so it made his raps really connect with people. Yep. Um, because there's factions of 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 hip hop hip hop fans and and people that love it that are more into the lyrics than anything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, and then there's groups of just like the whole combination of like the vibe that it sends, and there's people that just really focus on the the beats, mm-hmm. you know. And those are mostly dancers that just really just focus on the beats. Um, but uh, for me, I, I look for impact, and uh, and he was big on making his lyrics like impactful, yeah. you know. And so yeah, yeah. I mean, this speaking so, of impact, this song is from. Um, you know, the movie New Jack City, which is also a very impactful movie in terms of the culture. Yes. Um, this is the theme, essentially the theme song. New Jack Hustler makes sense. Nino's theme. Um, right. You know, in reference to Nino Brown. Um, and it was nominated for a Grammy. It lost LL Cool J, Mama Said Knock You Out, but it was nominated for a Grammy, <laughs> nevertheless. Um, Mama Said Knock You Out was, it was... That was a big one. It was, yeah. So not that part's not surprising, but it is cool that it was nominated for a, a Grammy, and it did pretty well on the charts. Um, for at least for a hip hop song at the time, um, it was certified gold. So, wow. Yeah, the album, Just not the, the song itself, but the album. Um, oh, okay. And the album is also one of the top albums uh, ever, rap albums ever, according to the source. Hmm. Original gangsta album. Mm-hmm. Man, I were you ever an Ice T like? I know he's. I mean, he, he in your hip hop time because you say your family was really into West Coast. Though. Yeah, you, you 
And so, how was how was Ice T with all of that? Yeah, but their parents really you, weren't a big fan of Ice T, the rapper. They liked him as the actor, though, because he was also, you know, in the movie New Jack City. And they were like, "Oh, yeah, yeah this is where this guy is he, going." Yeah. And they were right. <laughs> yeah, the, the dude really could. He can act. I'm not gonna lie. Like yeah. he he he's good at that. I mean, um, there's there's a bunch of <laughs> people that aren't multifaceted. Not that they're not good at the one thing that made them really great, but like, yeah, he crossed over really well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this song definitely helped yeah. him do it. Right on. Yep. You want to get into New Jack Hustler yep. Nino's theme. Hustler. Word, I pull the trigger on. Grip my teeth. Spray to every nigga's gone. Got my block sewn on my dope spot. Last thing I sweat, so suck a punk cop. Move like a king when I roll hop. You try to flex. Bang. Another Bang. nigga drop. You got to deal with this, because in the way out. Why? Cash money ain't never going to play out. I got nothing to lose, much to gain in my brain. I got a capitalist migraine. I got to get paid tonight. You motherfucking right. Taking my grip. Check my bitch. Keep my game tight. So many hoes on my jock. Think I'm a movie star. 19. I got a $50,000 car. Go to school. I ain't going for it. Kiss my ass. Bust the cap on the Moet. Because I don't want to hear that crap. I'd rather be a new jack hustler. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I see can, he can rap fast, too. That he, song has such he, a typical, like, late 80s early 90s beat <laughs> yeah it, it just all the drum pattern mm-hmm. you know the the sample that 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 it sounds like a funk sample yeah like uh, you know i don't i'm not gonna claim it because i don't i didn't do research on where it was sampled but it sounds like some james brown or something like that within there so yeah but um but yeah i mean that that's that's when ice t was really doing his trying to get into his rapidy rap <laughs> I mean, it he was in like it. He that. was a few albums in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was one of the West best Coast artists on Warner. So I mean, he was he was in it. Yeah, I mean, so the West Coast was popping definitely. Ninety one was like the birth of like a, a lot of the direction of hip hop, like mm-hmm. pointing to the West for sure. And um, with I guess the record labels just seeing that, you know, being in the streets, you know, and, and and seeing that it will work, yep. Uh, you know, they just like there was just people popping up everywhere. Um, the the guy that that I really liked is the guy that we that that we have on the list next, and uh, DJ Quick. Yeah, DJ. I Quick love is, DJ Quick. He's one of my favorites. Like his sound I'm, is so signature from from his voice to the instrumentals. Thank you. You just thank uh, you. You know when it's DJ Quickworker before he even says a word. I feel like he doesn't get a lot of praise because of his lane. I mean, he created his own lane. I Absolutely. feel like, and um, his rap style was really good. Um, and I can still listen to his music today. Like I've, I've, I never grew out of his. I music. mean, he's still making music. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know he is, but I'm talking about the music that, you know, like, you know, tonight, mm-hmm. tonight is the night. Remember that one? And then that song like, is like, this is a slight tangent, but that song is sampled so much in hip hop. Thank you. Tonight is the night. <laughs> Betty Wright must be cashing checks left and right. I hope she is at least if she has a good deal. If she still owns her publishing because uh-huh. that song, he sampled that song. Redman did. Sheik Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard it yep. earlier today on something else. I think uh, another artist we'll talk about later is Yo-Yo. She, she sampled it too. It's just... Uh, crisscross did when they came back. Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, that their song was really good with mm-hmm. it. Like for that time period, they used that same sample. Yeah, I mean DJ Quick. I mean he, his flow was signature. His the stories that he would tell on his um, on his albums on his songs were great. Mm-hmm. Um, we we even featured his like one of his songs on the party song. Like he yeah. told a story about a, <laughs> a party that went yeah. completely wrong. <laughs> party for sure. <laughs> such, yeah, like such so. good feel good records even when like the yeah. subject matter isn't the lightest he still makes you feel like it's gonna be all right <laughs> no yeah way. it's almost like his most of his songs are like roller skating jams a little bit too like exactly you can you can you can, you can play him at a kickback and you know mm-hmm. you can get up and dance if you want to or not you know um and i think with you know i guess the whole dj aspect of it has a lot to do with it right you know what i mean that's his whole job so. is knowing how to move a party <laughs> yeah but yeah, I mean, so, uh, he signed to Profile Records in 1990, and then this album came out in January 91. It debuted at nice. 29 on the Billboard charts, but then uh, it went gold four months later in May 91, and then went platinum in July of 1995. 
and man, I think that I think that radio mm-hmm. play is for what sure. got him oh, platinum sure. because. I mean, we were, I remember throughout the 90s, we would take these long road trips, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we would take these road trips from uh, Chicago to Dallas uh, to El Paso. We would go to Mississippi. Um, we go to St. Louis, the whole, like, and we'd always try to find a station, you know, mm-hmm. back in, back before streaming and, and mobile internet. This is throughout the 90s. We, every time you cross the city line or a county line, Sometimes you you would lose your radio station. You yep. would like you'd surf for a radio station, mm-hmm. and we'd always look for the hip hop station or R and B and hip hop station. And I'm gonna tell you, we would hear DJ Quick so much. Yeah, I feel like that's what kind of helped him go platinum because it was jamming. Yeah. Whenever we heard him, we was like, we stand, we leaving it on that station. You know what I mean? Because it was still so, like G funk, but it wasn't like Dre. It was different. It exactly. More fun. Yeah, and being from Compton too, repping that whole like mm-hmm. Compton thing, I, I like that part of it too. And he wasn't like MC8 Compton either. Right. You know, he wasn't like like all like <laughs> murder, death, kill. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, then, and it and it, and it wasn't. And you're right, it wasn't NWA or Dre. So you know, I think it was a good little mix that yeah, he, I mean, little, little lane that he found. And this is um, according to Complex, his album um, "Quick as a Name" is one of the greatest uh, debut albums in hip hop, and I have to agree. Yeah, I yeah, completely. I agree too. Good job, Complex. <laughs> um, but yeah, the one that I chose, um, or that we chose, well, you agreed to it. I chose. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's, it was one of the lead singles from that. Yeah, album. wasn't it Born and Raised in Compton. Mm-hmm. Born and Raised but in Compton and Tonight are the singles. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. That's the one I, I heard it on the radio mm-hmm. back then. So. Um, but I, I just wanted to feature like my favorite verse on it. It's the, it's the second verse. Compton is the place where the homeboys chill, you see. But then I found that it wasn't a place for me, cause way back in the day, somebody must have wanted me to quit because they broke in my house to go stole my shit. They must have thought that I was gonna play the punk role. Just because my equipment got stole. But I ain't going out like no sucker ass clown. They found they couldn't keep a dope nigga down. So here's some bass in your face. Motherfucker, silly sucker, ass clucker Now you duck it cause you can't stop a brother like the quick stuff Because I'm true to the game, you lame Oh man, I love that song, I love that song Um, I it's, think he went in honest, anyway. right? Like, people, I'm sure from Compton could relate pretty easily to what he was saying Yeah, and I think with him, like, being, I, I probably, obviously having a big hand in his production like is able to like you know switch up his flow and the music at the same time, and I think when he did that, that like just like that rocked all of us, you know. Right. You're like you can't stop me, like I'm you know I'm not a I forgot what he said because he was talking about his 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 um his equipment getting stolen, telling the whole story, you know, and he's like I'm born and raised in Compton, like I'm tough. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but yeah, so. Yeah, West Coast, man. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of sticking with West Coast, I guess. Uh, I say I guess because yeah. we're going, getting into Tupac, who you know was like, of course he brought the West Everywhere. Coast, but he was pretty bicoastal. He incredibly bicoastal. Born in in New York, uh, early part of his life in in Baltimore, mm-hmm. then moved to the Bay as a teenager. Um, people found out he was immensely talented, so he was able to go into an incredible school out there. I yeah. forgot the name of it. Um. And uh, he's really good friends with, uh, was good friends with Jada Pinkett mm-hmm. Smith, you know, and yeah. from Baltimore. They met in Baltimore, yeah, right? High so, um, it, you know, it, I think um, in, in, the, in the album that was released was Tupacalypse Now. Yeah, and that, that was his, that de- was his, his solo debut. debut album. You know, he had been running around with Digital Underground for a long time at that point, but this was his solo debut um and talk about again back to impact that's why this year is so important all these albums aren't just dope albums they're al- albums that had a lasting effect um yeah and, and the, you're right um and and I, I don't mean to cut you off but it, i think i think that's the, the the major point i mean a lot of this music we might you might listen to and be like you know i'm not listening to that i'm not gonna get into my car i'm not gonna jam it but you have to understand like i mean in in 1991 uh, where hip hop was, it was 28 years ago, mm-hmm. 29 years ago, um, and um, hip hop had not made 
national recognition was not um making these types of moves and 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 they were always talking about there's almost so much social commentary already in hip hop you know mm-hmm. where they were talking about uh racial dynamics and injustices and political things and and parties and and dancing and and unfortunately still misogynistic and 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 gangster and and violent and just <clears throat> all things that encompassed life from from everywhere on the globe um but when the west like put on their like <laughs> little flavor to it and then uh finding like people like Tupac who was all about movement and and making an impact because of his connection to the Panthers and all the reading that he clearly had done, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, and his desire to to be a, a martyr, you know. Um, yeah, this is all impact right here. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the lead singles from this album, they were Brenda's Got a Baby, which, I mean, again, talk about How do you feel about that? About that song? Yeah. I love that song. Um, I, you know what? I'm so glad you said that because I think that most women are like, most women that I've heard that really like that song, they're shocked that him during that time could actually put that song together, given the the climate and 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 given like him just being a man as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it, it shows that he had been really been paying attention to his surroundings, and you know mm-hmm. he, he saw what was going on, right? Because a lot of women, and he, and not a lot of women, ahead. but a lot of yeah, a lot of women and girls are written off as just being like, oh, she's fast. Oh, she's a hoe. Exactly. Like he was like, exactly. no, she's being raped. She's been sexually yes. abused her whole life. Like, this is not, it's not just a result of her just being promiscuous. Like, no, there's more going on here. Um, Thank you. And that video was very powerful, too. I remember watching that video when I was little, because my parents were really big Tupac fans, and just being like, not mm-hmm. really understanding it, but knowing that there was something going on there. And that was Yeah, I think, exactly. Um, because just like you said, when there's so many lyrics or was some were so many lyrics at that time to where yeah they would be more so like they would be dissing this woman they mm-hmm. would be like saying that this NWA. woman is a, <laughs> yeah she's a hoe like she's she's getting what she deserved for sleeping with everybody or whatever you know they would throw this narrative on her without giving an empathetic view of what her life is like and for him to be able to do that is so impactful hella deep mm-hmm. and i i just think that's the that's one of my favorite songs by him um there, I, I think i have like a top five but i'm not gonna get into that but that's definitely within that top five yeah i mean and the album but again back to like impact and effects um this album also got a lot of attention because um dan quayle called out tupac after a state trooper was murdered and the person who murdered the state trooper claimed that he had been listening to this album and the police brutality that was discussed in this album made him feel like he needed to like kill a member of law enforcement, which is nonsense, <laughs> which is complete nonsense. But, you know, it also put Tupac yeah. on a national, possibly international stage. Um, and yeah, I mean, so that's huge. Um, and that's also probably why the album, well, not why, but one of the reasons why this album actually went gold in 95 so four years after it was released but nevertheless um it went gold and you know was the catapult to tupac's career which we see how big he got how that turned out yeah i mean the music the music on the album i feel like had left a lot to be desired um yeah so 418 for the most part with dre and and all the death row producers exactly um and i don't think he even really cared much about um how the music was more so than what he was saying um mm-hmm. and 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 it, and it showed throughout the entire album and, I, and so um you know he 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 did talk about police brutality on a lot of the songs you know um i mean hell and, in this and, video he was in jail right <laughs> and but i don't think i think it's and like you said i mean that's it's insane for somebody to feel like they gotta go and do something because of a rap song that's that person's rap song. You can yeah. I mean, that was just like the it. defense attorney's, that <laughs> was the defense attorney's to, strategy, right? To try and get like a lesser sentence. I didn't check yeah. out the, to see what the, how that case unfolded. Um, yeah. But I mean, this this song "Trapped" is one of those songs, right? It's all about exactly reality. And then it mm-hmm. yeah, and it's about um, real life um, incidents because Tupac was actually assaulted by the Oakland police 
after he mm-hmm. cursed at them, which like you're not supposed to do that, but they also can't physically harm you because of, for that either. Well, you shouldn't curse at anybody openly that you don't have, like, mm-hmm. that you already don't have a conversation going with and you guys don't have, like, a narrative. I mean, e- either way, like, for him to do it in public, it, it, there is freedom of speech and you can say that. There was no actual assault that was done in that case. And I, I hearing hearing about that as a kid, like, really made me a fan um, just because of how outspoken, how, how bold he was. Um, I always, every... Artists, and partly because like when Brenda Had a Baby came out, like I listened to that song and like you, I was 10 years old when I was listening to that song, you know? And I was like, wow, this is, this is deep. Like, man, Yeah, this Brenda Got is... Baby is such a good song. I'm surprised we didn't choose that one. We chose Trapped, but Brenda Got Baby is like yeah, such a great I, I, I song for many reasons. But I, one of them being that it's so, it's dark. The video is dark. The song is dark. It's not something you sing along to. You may sing out Brenda, but like the song no, itself, it's not a fun song, and it's it, yeah. it all matches. Everything matched up so well. I think it, I think I do, I think I'd rather like feature Trap just because the album itself. Um, he got bigger than that album. Mm-hmm. Tupac was way bigger than this album. This album uh, just has his name in it. Um, a lot of it doesn't get as much spins, even though you, I mean it, it did sell a lot, you know. But his image—he's he, like the beginning of like people really buying into um, his character and and who what he stood for, you know, um, as well as his music. You know, they didn't really—you didn't really separate, you know, him from his, his music much. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes people just like which we him did later, and his music was a byproduct. Oh, say we, again. But we did later. Unfortunately, it was like after he was gone, like all these books started coming out. We knew exactly how deep he was and like how he really wasn't about that thug life. He became about the thug life after he was already famous. And yeah, exactly. also back to Brenda's got baby for a second. I did not know that yeah. Chicago's own Dave Hollister is on there. I know. Dang it. I really wanted to. <laughs> I love me some Dave Hollister. You oh took my that gosh. from me. I saw it. Yeah, I I had that. I had it on here. I actually had oh Dave. I was like, wow, Dave Hollister was like grown back then because that's because he crazy. was in Black you know? Street. Remember, as we've we sat up here and sang <laughs> that song. I, before I, I know Dave, Dave Hollister. His whole family, by the way, like if, if you research him, they are all super talented. Oh yeah, they all but, they all sing down. Yes, they do. And uh, Dave Hollister, man, yeah, he's from Chicago, you know, and he he. That guy, they've been doing it for a long time. I didn't know he went back that far, though. When I saw that, I was shocked. And then I listened to it, and I was like, yep. Yep. (laughs) That'll help you. (laughs) Yeah, but we're going to play Trapped. South and where I grew up, moving out to the suburbs out, outside of uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, you know, I, 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 I've dealt with my fair share of, of biased law enforcement, mm-hmm. you know. I think my fair share, one is a fair share, but I definitely have dealt with it on multiple occasions and have had to, you know, deal with the injustices of that, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, being put in handcuffs for no reason, you know, because they think you're trespassing, but you're just, like, walking to a bus stop. Walking while black. You know? I, that's happened to me, happened mm-hmm. to me and my brothers. Um, uh, we've, we've just dealt with it, you know what I mean? Um, so 
I do understand the angst and and that's part of like why I love Tupac too, you know, mm-hmm. in the nineties. You know, he he just stood up against it. So You know who also loved yeah, Tupac man. was uh Yo Yo. They actually dated for a while. Did they really? Yep. And they like they dated for a little while, but it didn't didn't work out, but they were still like really, really close friends. I think she said she spoke to him like the day before he was murdered or something. Um Wow. Or before he was shot. Yeah. So they were really close. But yeah, Yo-Yo came on the scene in 91. Yeah, she had the very, very catchy song. Yep. With Ice Cube. Yep. She was you know? basically Ice Cube's protege. Um, yeah. And it was great because, you know, as far as like women rappers, we had like, you know, your MC Light, your Queen Latifah, Moni in the Middle, but those very like 80s salt and pepper. And But for 90s, mm-hmm. we had, didn't have too many fresh faces yet. And no fresh faces, but yeah. MC Light was still kicking and killing. Yeah, them. like they were still um, on the scene, definitely still doing their <laughs> thing, but we just didn't have new ones. Yeah, and there's I mean, yeah, you're for right more. because there's the women room. had already. I'm sorry, go ahead. So there's always room for more. Always, yeah, and 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, she she came on the scene and and proved that you know mm-hmm. um, that uh, you don't have to be fit into a certain mold. And I always applauded Ice Cube on keeping himself who he was not selling out and still like repping what's for what's good, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, he seemed like he, he was always trying to rep for what was right and what was good. You know what I mean? He was willing to fight and protest and die for that. It seemed like at times, yeah. cause he was in his music, he was aggressive, but he was like, for my rights, I'm aggressive. Like I, but I'm I don't want to talk myself. about ice cube. I want to make it about yo-yo. Cause this always happens. We start talking about a woman and then it like starts becoming conversation about the man. Oh she's no. Affiliated with. Uh, oh you, no, I don't want to do that yeah, at all. Exactly. I want to definitely circle back. Let's circle back. Let's circle back yeah. to yo-yo. So what, what, what you got? I was going to circle back eventually, but what you got? What you got? Yeah, I mean, so the album dropped in March of 91. It's called mm-hmm. Make Way for the Mother Load. Um, as we discussed, it featured Ice Cube. It also featured uh, Ricky Harris, uh, Dazzy D, other like, mm-hmm. basically like West Coast artists because she was definitely repping for LA. Um, yeah. Like a lot of music from the time, the song samples James Brown. Surprise. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, she yeah. was also an actress as well. She was in Boys in the Hood. She had a reoccurring um, role on Martin as uh, Key Lolo. She did. Yep. She did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sinead's friend. Yep. She was also I remember her, man. Yep. Yo-Yo was, she, she, I thought she was going to do um, more acting, personally, mm-hmm. after I saw that. Um, but I mean, I liked Yo-Yo. I liked the song. You can't play with my yo-yo. Yeah. Um, I mean, and like, I, uh, I hate to do this because like we always talk about women's looks, but she has aged beautifully. <laughs> I saw her like a year ago and I was I, like, yeah. yo-yo, that's cool. good, girl. <laughs> that's what's up. Hey, look, I mean, that's good. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with giving propers on looks. Mm-hmm. I just do know that there's a stigma where things are too overly focused and people put too much weight into what a woman looks like in her appearance opposed to what she accomplishes Mm -hmm. but i definitely thought she accomplished a lot like i mean getting what ice cube is getting with the right person and she and she proved it like with her music like she she had flow she had attitude her own thing and you know and i'm just if she's still hot that's what's up yeah (laughs) i'm with it you know yeah um Um, and she also, of course, but that's crazy. Was, I don't remember that being ninety one. Yeah, Man, I feel like she came out later than that. I, I really probably because do. Because she like, was on uh, "I Want to Be Down" by Brandy, which was like her probably her other biggest verse. And that okay, was yeah. not ninety one. That was later. But her okay. debut album dropped in ninety one. Yeah, I just remember the video too. Mm-hmm. Like she was rapping, and then they would show like that old cabinet set TV with the old like you know <laughs> dials on it and it would show it Ice Cube like you can't play with my yo-yo yep. and then she jumps back into her verse and all that yeah. I remember because we was listening I was watching so much MTV raps and stuff like that back in the day like that like and and to see that man they were playing that and I was like wow <laughs> this is really happening like that year, I'm just it's just shocking to see so much happen that year. That was mm-hmm. a long year. Yeah, like it wasn't was hard to choose year. albums to feature because there was no shortage. I mean, we of we good we, sh- we shot out. I think we we um yeah, we I named at least 15. over 20 albums, yeah. I feel like, you know. Um that were all like heavy hitters for years. Mm-hmm. For 5, 6 years. I mean, yeah. some of this music we're still listening to in 96, 97, you know. Yeah. Um 
So yeah, but this song. Let's get into this. This song debuted at seventy four on the Billboard charts overall, but was number five on the R and B hip hop charts. So it did very well commercially. fire i forgot how fire that <laughs> Still, was right <laughs> i cannot I, I can't believe i you know the funny thing is like um when uh when you chose this song um i was i was like i'm not gonna listen to it until we get into the episode mm-hmm. because i just didn't want to review this one you know i just like i knew it was good because i felt that feeling it reminded me of this feeling i felt when it came out yeah because it had that soul sample and then devotion and by earth and fire Ultimate, oh yeah, Devotion, mm-hmm. yes. Devotion is such a great song. But like, and then they added those drums to it. Mm-hmm. And then her flow was like, so it was rapid fire flow. It was, it was, it wasn't no basic flow. She was getting it right. in, you know? And um, I, I just completely forgot how good she was doing it. You know what I mean? So I, I feel fantastic. I don't know if people can feel me smiling right now, <laughs> but I'm smiling. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So the next, the next <sighs> we chose was very different. Um, and I just felt the need yes. to include PM Dawn because they're so unique and yeah. such like, that's what I'm looking for. So of that time, not saying they didn't age well, but like Arrested Development, like who else? Uh, Ready for the World, like mm-hmm. Ready for the World was R&B, but they all had that same kind of vibe to them. To them, was like chill, not really. Well, Arrested Development was talking about like political stuff for sure. Yeah, but yeah. it was nothing like super gritty. I'm thinking about like Diggable Planets, definitely. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, they the thing about PM Don though, I kind of, you know, even though he was rapping, I kind of saw him as like a mix in, yeah. in a weird way. That's why they're um, interesting. They're a little bit of everything. Right, and and. There was uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things um, that you hear in their music um, or in their in his music. Um, well, I mean, they're a group. Oh, th- they are a group. Huh? I don't know. I always see the one guy, like even on the video. Like, yeah, but, PM Don no. is yeah. So when um, Doc G, but I Croc. Who was K-R-O-K? it? K R O K. And then Prince B, who is deceased, and then DJ Minute Mix. So, yeah. Right. You know, the funny thing is they kind of have this really cool balance of a little bit of house in their music, I feel like. For sure. And, and uh, Chicago. Um, yeah. And, we, it, and the Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Home's so house I music. Kind of felt, by the way, for those who said, don't know that, that's why I said Chicago. Say it, say it again. <laughs> Birthplace of house music, because not everybody knows that. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where... Jazz house, the house party, like the whole thing was created there. Um, I wish I could remember the DJ's name, but he he passed not too long ago. Yeah, uh, um, Thumpy Knuckles. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a really cool thing of like a mix between like the, the house and the that new age, um, like psychedelic perspective in their lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, they're yeah, they were kind of like hippies. Kinda, <laughs> <laughs> mystical a little bit like they're very mystic kind of mm-hmm. so I, I i liked it in in the sound was like chill you know um oh huh and we're looking at their wikipedia page they're they're brothers and uh their father died when they were young and their stepfather is george brown a founding member of cool in the gang ah i see interesting i see did you see on there that uh gil scott heron is, i think is a um, Involved in this track in in one in one of their songs on there, I think it's in, in the, the song that we feature here oh, the, really? on Paper Doll. Yeah, um, I was just uh, looking through some of their their stuff. I mean, because everyone always refers to that one song. Yeah, the I Die. What's it called? Yeah, I Die Without You. Mm-hmm, I Die Without You. That was on their um, second album. That was their second one, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said. Um, yeah, that it's it's still being played to today. Absolutely. Like, that song. I mean, that's that's one of those songs that like truly I think will live forever. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that song. Yeah, will go for anywhere. sure. For sure. Yeah, this album is um, of the heart of the soul and of the cross, the utopian experience. Like even that title, that's a title for that ass boy. I know, man. That's on some like, yeah, right? <laughs> like, let me sit down and get my life right. <laughs> no, right? The utopian experience. Can like, can I can I wrap my head around that? I'm gonna have to. Man, where, wherever they're going, they were they were probably into all those. A psilocybin and DMT before everybody yep. else is what it sounds like. Yep. It's like they they were on that wave. Um, uh, but this song even kind of fits into uh, what 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 they're all about. This this paper doll song. Um, yeah, it's like their sound through and through. One hundred percent, and and they kind of get into how like they they kind of describe humans as paper dolls and how we're connected vibrationally and like and how we're our experience maybe this should have been the weed smoking song (laughs) oh my god yes for quarantine i mean cannot can it 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 is so intense like i was wondering like what the meaning of this song was and why they use that term paper doll is like he's like saying and and so i'm re i read some of the um the comments under the YouTube page, mm-hmm. under the YouTube That's song. a dangerous thing to do. It, oh, it is, because it will send you down a rabbit hole. Quickly. But I stopped. I said, I'm not going past 10, <laughs> all right? But this one says something really good, though. It said, the meaning of this song is one way we realize that we are nothing but spirit beings living out a physical life. So you have it, Paper Doll. Like, I thought it was, hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. Which user said you that? Know? Let's give him credit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Travis Ur- okay. Uri. Yeah, cool. yeah. Just a couple. It was two years ago though, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are, Travis Yuri, man, that was that was well, that was well deep. written, man. Thank you for like giving I need to good do some yoga feedback. Or something. Say it again. I feel like I need to do some yoga or something. Get my namaste on after that. <laughs> yes, you need to get that namaste on, girl, like <laughs> all day. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, let's let's get into this paper doll. like you just want to just float around and you're right about the weed smoking song. Exactly. Um, <laughs> man, this was this was fun like taking a trip back in the day yeah, going sure. way back to the most impactful year in hip hop. Cuz I feel like and, I'm always focusing and, I'm personally always focusing on like 95 cuz that was like, like one of my favorite years probably ever just in terms of everything but hip hop included. But it's like no, mm-hmm. like go back a little further. Like 91 was it's a really important year. Man, um, and uh, I think it was like the birth of a new trend in the industry. Yep. I mean, the way things are marketed now, like it, it was said in this book, I mean, it, like a scientific study was done. <laughs> yeah. To, to study the impact of this year. I mean, and we can't even... You know, we we've been doing we've been talking about an hour now, and we can't even like scratch the surface on all of the artists that that really made that rounded out this year. I mean, yeah, that would be another you, series, you, which I don't think anybody wants right now. <laughs> no, let's let's not do. Let's just keep it going. You know, yeah. I'm I'm glad that we're still able to do this, and I hope everyone's staying safe out there. Absolutely. You know, um, and uh, we just you know, hopefully you made it all the way to the end. Of this of this episode, yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, um, anything else? You got anything else? I mean, stay inside, everybody. Until you know we are given clearance to go outside, please keep social distancing. Listen to us at home, <laughs> or maybe I don't know when you're traveling to the grocery store and staying six feet away from everybody. 
Or on your run while you're running, yeah. you know, if you're going outside and exercising. While still staying six feet from everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You Try definitely want to do that. But nowadays, it's, it's definitely a little easier to get out and run and get definitely. a lot of space. Definitely. I ran today I mean, and I ran in the street, <laughs> like basically the whole time. Oh, man. Yeah. Like with like not on the sidewalk where it's like yeah, really hard on you. Yeah, rent many cars. Body. Yeah, man. I mean, it's interesting. If I feel like I'm in a big city but a small town at the same time. It's just incredible. How many yeah. people were not saying? I, I think it's effective, though. I mean, staying this mitigation is important, you know, um, and uh, hopefully in the next, you know, whatever X amount of time, hopefully not too much time, we'll be, we'll be able to slowly get ourselves back to to where we want to be. socially. Yeah. So but uh, with quarantine, every day kind of feels like a Saturday minus the work. It's basically like we have Mondays and we have Saturdays. That's it. And uh, why not yeah, close yeah. out on a song from one of the, another one of the greatest hip hop albums ever, "De La Soul Is Dead." Um, Rollers Game Jam called that. Saturday. Yes, um, it's the end. So I won't go into a bunch of facts and stuff like that. Just enjoy the song. It's another feel good. Yes, song. exactly. This is a bonus. If you made it to the end, you get to listen exactly. to this, this is jam. Your treat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. Thank you for listening to the verse. Um, follow us uh, on IG at Versecast. And chill, listen to this jam. Bye.